0: This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship on Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 1115 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There's a place for you here. For information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 10th chapter. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So we continue our focus on discipleship today, hope and witness. I hope I'll get the job. I hope I can pass that test. I hope my stock portfolio does well. I hope the tests the doctor did will come back all right. I hope my loved one will get better and feel healthy again. I hope the Blue Jackets will get to the Stanley Cup. I hope the Buckeyes will win the national championship. I hope I can find a place to stay tonight. I hope I can find a way to feed my family. I hope I can somehow get out of this violent neighborhood. So many hopes. Some are about very serious matters and others less so, but all are a part of our lives. We are often anxious for the future, so hopes are therefore often blended with fears because we have no assurance that our hopes will be realized. Oh, in some cases, we try to secure the future. We buy life insurance to protect the family. We invest for retirement. We get engaged as a kind of assurance in the present that the marriage will actually take place in the future. However, even these and other steps are not always guaranteed to secure the future hopes. Yet hoping is so much a part of us, so much a part of life. It illustrates how the future, that open space out in front of our lives, has such power and allure for us. Hope is part of the human spirit, a sign of vitality. Studs Terkel, the late oral historian, quotes a farm worker, a retired farm worker named Jesse de la Cruz, who says that among his people there is a saying, la esperanza muera ultima, hope dies last. If you lose hope, Jesse goes on, you lose everything. Well, the quote provides the title for Turkle's book, Hope Dies Last, Keeping Faith in Difficult Times in which his interviews with a variety of people illustrate the doggedness of hope, even in troubled times. And in our troubled times, refugees, for example, and their families endure incredible risk and privation in the dogged hope of a safe place to live and a place that will welcome them. The irrepressible hopes of the human spirit for the truly essential matters, life, health, peace, justice, loving community, the full measure of shalom, these hopes arise out of the gap between what is and what ought to be. For human beings, unlike any other creature, can see beyond what is and envision what ought to be. We can see beyond a war-torn world to imagine a world suffused with shalom. We can see beyond death and ask if there is still life or is death the end of hoping. From Advent onward, we have from time to time been reminded that Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom of God is at hand and it is clear that he understood himself to be the one who was bringing in that dominion He was the one who was revealing the future of God, not only for Israel, but for the entire world as God's reign of everlasting life and peace for all creation. In today's gospel, this promise of hope for God's future is spoken of in terms of Jesus as the good shepherd. Now, the image of the shepherd in the Bible is used as a reference for rulers, rulers both civil and religious. And the contrast then is between the good shepherd who does not abandon his people as their rulers had done. In him they can truly hope, for he lays down his life for them. And not just for the people of Israel, but for all people. So Jesus says, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice, so there will be one flock and one shepherd. And here's yet another way that the Bible envisions the reign of God as a universal community of life and peace. One flock, one shepherd. Now, as I said, human beings can see beyond what is to envision what ought to be. They can see beyond death to hope in life, beyond death. And throughout human history, People have harbored beliefs in life after death as an expression of that hope so integral to our humanity. Well, we are fascinated by tombs of the pharaohs when they are uncovered to see all the things that are buried there that they will need in the afterlife. We know about ancestor worship and other beliefs in which the human spirit survives even including reincarnation. But what sets our hope in the Good Shepherd apart from other hopes of human longing is that in him, the future of life and shalom is revealed in our history, not just imagined or hoped for or speculated on. It's revealed in our history. As Jesus says today, I lay down my life in order to take it up. This is the resurrection we celebrate. This is not a hope blended with a fear that it might not come true. First Peter says it, Blessed is the God of our Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Furthermore, St. Paul tells us that that hope has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. God of our future hope is God with us in our present. So discipleship is faith in that living hope. A hope grounded in the revelation of our future in the risen Christ and sustained by God with us in the spirit. As disciples, we are part of the body of Christ now here in history. And as the body of Christ in this world, it is now our task to make the future present for the hopes of the world as Christ has made the future hope of the world present in his victory. So, discipleship is hope in hope, is discipleship in witness to the hope that is within us. And that witness begins with what we are as a faith community. It starts, I think, with the joy of hope and faith that exudes in our worship life as we seek the grace that flows so freely through the Spirit from word and sacrament. We do not always, as individuals, always feel excited about coming to church, about coming to worship, but we are here. We are here in both the highs and and lows of our life feelings because we want to make clear by our presence the hope that is within us for the world to see. A hope that transcends the ups and downs. And we want to support our fellow believers in that witness. A lively hope is contagious and it can be contagious in our surrounding community as we find new ways to reach out Hope in the promise of the gospel is then spread to others when the church witnesses by being present for those in need. Lord of Life's various ministries of outreach to those in need of greater food security is one example. Agencies supported by the Mission Endowment Fund and First Gifts for Jesus are an integral part of that outreach. Hands-on service at Faith Mission and First English. Habitat for Humanity, and the outreach activities of one body. All of these are important as opportunities for engagement with people beyond our own context. And this kind of sharing of our resources and ourselves is also important for the future of discipleship because it provides an example that supports the teaching and formation of our children in the virtue of generosity and sharing, that fosters hope in the lives of the people they te- touch and that they will touch. as a seminarian, I had a part-time job working with a YMCA youth group, and the walls of the Y were were plastered with portraits of great and famous people and inspirational statements drawn from their lives. Well, as important as their examples are, it occurs to me that even more important are the examples of persons close to us that touch us so deeply. There are rich stories, I'm sure, here at Lord of Life, stories of faith, hope, and love in the lives of members past and present And other Christian disciples that have touched our lives. For me, the story that comes to mind is the story of my great aunt and godmother, Ida Mott. She was a person of strong faith and a total lack of pretense. In her flat above the hardware store, where she lived for more than 50 years with Uncle Tom. She taught piano for generations in Elkhorn, Wisconsin. The children came in an endless stream, climbing the steep steps to her dining room studio, not because she was the only teacher in the area or even the the cheapest. They came because she gave them more than piano lessons. She gave them love. She was completely free in her faith and full of fun. She shared herself and everything she had with her pupils, her neighbors, her church, and her family. While Aunt Ida was alive, the family was never out of touch with the ways of Jesus. Well, I could go on and on, but I know that you have or know stories of your own as well. Cherish those stories, and when possible, share them with your children and with each other. They are gifts of the Spirit that engender the courage of hope and lead us ever anew to that greatest of all stories within which we live and move and have our being, even Jesus Christ, amen.